Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Find more episodes and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com. In this episode, Troy speaks with Don Reed, an English teacher of over 14 years, currently teaching at Okemos High School in Okemos, Michigan. Don is a celebrated author of books and journal articles and a co-author of Troy's. She is also the co-director of the Red Cedar Writing Project, which is the site of the National Writing Project. Dawn shares her teaching tips for building successful peer-to-peer connections in her classroom as a method to bolster the feedback process in writing. Dawn is passionate about community-forward teaching, and her advice and tips on how to incorporate these methods into your classroom are a must-listen for all teachers. Welcome to today's episode. I have the pleasure of speaking with my friend and colleague and co-author Dawn Reed, who teaches at Okemos High School in Okemos, Michigan. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Troy. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm really looking forward to the conversation and uh, having a chance just to catch up with you. And as I've asked everybody, I'm really curious to uh, have you share with the listeners a little bit about your educational journey. Where are you at right now and how have you gotten to the place where you are. So I am, as Troy mentioned, I'm a high school English teacher and in Okemos, in Okemos, Michigan. And I'm also a co-director of Red Cedar Writing Project that is connected to Michigan State University. And I started my journey when I was an undergraduate at Michigan State University and actually was a writing consultant at the Michigan State Writing Center. That's actually where Troy and I met many, many years ago. And, um, <laughs> and and I have I've enjoyed teaching English. I teach ninth grade creative writing, expository writing, American lit. So I have usually I have ninth grade, eleventh grade, and twelfth grade, and some sophomores. So I teach all high school grade levels, and I've taught many other classes too. So I mentioned just a few that I've taught over the years, or am currently teaching. And I am currently in my 14th year of teaching English. That's just a little bit. And then I also do, as Troy mentioned, I also reflect a lot in my practice tied to different presentations and conversations with teachers. And then also through a variety of wonderful writing experiences over the years. Yeah, and I wonder, maybe you could tell just a little bit more. You've done quite a bit of work with the local site, Red Cedar Writing Project, as well as with the National Writing Project. What's on your National Writing Project radar? You've been doing some work with the American Creed film and mm-hmm. curriculum around that. Maybe you could just tell a little bit about that, too. Sure, absolutely. So tie, work tied to Red Seed Writing Project and National Writing Project has, has included a lot of wonderful collaborations across the country. So a lot of connections with teachers from coast to coast. So a lot of thinking around teaching and pedagogy and practice and teaching of writing um, with teachers from various age levels, grade levels in terms of teaching and experiences. And so one project recently we've worked on is American Creed, which is tied to PBS and Citizen Film that produced a a film documentary called American Creed that really looks at how we as an American people look at our histories and how we also look at the ways in which people are able to communicate and where, where there are challenges around that tied to our American values. And so last year we developed some curriculum tied to that and there's a publishing site, Writing Your Future, 
for students to be able to share their reactions to the film. And the, there's a publishing site, and then there's also a resource site. So there are several teachers that were part of that working group that developed curriculum and have shared that and shared student experiences um, so that other teachers and students can enter that conversation. So that's one of a few things. And then also very excited still about the C3WP, which is College Career and Community Writing Program, and also Youth Voices, so students writing in online spaces. So lots of good, exciting connections and learning opportunities and authentic learning opportunities for students. Yeah, fantastic. And we'll make sure we capture all those for the show notes. So as with other guests, we're going to jump right in. I know that you and I could spend at least another hour just kind of talking and big ideas and philosophically about education, but we really want to hear what's working for you in your classroom with your kids right now. What, what's the go-to strategy? What's something that you've tried recently that works really well and gets the kids engaged? So I have been thinking a lot around how do we have fun with writing and make it accessible? and then move that into process. So I've been doing a little bit of work with that in the past few weeks. And today, I actually, today in my class, was working with some students in creative writing. And we looked at, we were going to study words. And so we looked at, at how words, how words gather their meaning. And we looked at history pieces tied to it. But the piece that, and all of that is good content in and of itself. The piece that was most fun today was I said, okay, now that we know this, go make a word. So they made words and definitions and related to that and we're working in, in groups. And after students were done with that part, they're shared with the whole class. And But before I did that, I said, why did I ask you to do that? And they had to say, I said, I can think of at least five different reasons that I asked you to do this exercise of creating a word. And they went through a couple things. Like they said, oh, you made us practice the content we were covering. Oh, we had to do a, um, really get into how could, could we actually come up with a word? We had to really study that history piece. But then I said, what did it sound like when you, when, when you were working? What if somebody walked into the room? What did it sound like? And they said, and one person said, well, it sounded like murmuring in gibberish, probably, because we were making up words, but we were really practicing words. We were looking at prefixes and suffixes and meanings. And I said, yeah, that's true. What else did it sound like? And then finally somebody said, well, we also laughed a lot. And so I, that was, that was what I was hoping that they would recognize. I really wanted to make that apparent to them. But most of the students in those cla that class were seniors. And so what I, in that moment, I'm trying to give them a couple of grounding pieces for the way our class is going to go. So it's a, a class, it's a semester class. So we're really only a few weeks into the semester at this point. So I wanted them to see activities as accessible. I wanted them to think about why they're doing what they're doing. I wanted them to have fun with it. So it's not a scary thing. Like some students are in that class because they absolutely love, love, love writing. But I also know within that same class, there are students that are really worried about if my writing is going to be perfect or I have to share with other people. And so I'm trying to get them more comfortable with sharing play around writing so that it can be also accessible so that I can move them further into process work. So that's one thing is that um, 
the accessible piece, working with peers so they get used to that. They started learning and playing with content. We were doing one small piece, so chunking some things and also we looked at some models too. So all those things in, in a matter of minutes, they were working through. So go-to strategy of trying to think about ways to really help students have fun with learning that's really intentional. So it's not just, hey, we're all having fun, which is a great thing, but I, I need to make sure they're also going to grow as writers. So how do I make sure that they're also really engaged with the content so they're not just playing the game? So that's, that's my go-to strategy right now. Um, and I think probably like to certain times a year when that there are ebbs and flows of that, where I'll work on other things also based on what we need as human beings and what we need in terms of content. That sounds good. I mean, just hearing you uh, talk about this idea of being intentional and having the playfulness. I think there's a Weird Al album called like Mandatory Fun or something like that. Maybe there's a connection there, but just the the richness of that, thinking about the complexity that you, you're bringing to that one moment where is definitely meeting social emotional needs. It's meeting intellectual needs. It's meeting the needs of just building your classroom community and making those relationships happen. So that's wonderful. Great. Well, the other part of this, and I know this is a big um, aspect of your teaching, are these relationships and helping students think about uh, ways that they can respond to one another's writing. Certainly you give feedback to your writers in a variety of different ways, but I also know you're very intentional about the ways that you help grow writers as reviewers. And some of that comes from our shared history in the writing center and thinking about peer response and revision. Tell us a little bit about how you're coaching your students to become really thoughtful reviewers of one another's work. So as you pointed out, what play fun classroom, community building is essential to be able to get to that point. So I've had, I, I do a lot of different, there are a lot of different approaches I have to this, um, but always depending on the subject matter that I'm teaching and skill needs I see with students. And we, there are a few things we do. We practice peer response. We'll follow different protocols. So different guides, um, all, almost, almost always. In fact, I almost, I want to say always, but uh, I'll pause and say almost always. I have students practice what are focus areas for the writing. So we really work on what are some areas we're working on because I want them to really hone in on certain aspects of the writing. So for my example earlier, I was talking about word choice. So diction is clearly going to be a focus for the next writing that they're doing. So we're going to, we will also look at models tied to um, examples for students and really look at how different authors use words and the news that play in terms of their text. So it would make sense then by the time we get to peer revision that students are going to pick focus areas and one of those areas is going to also be diction. However, students who have other things they're working on. So we talk a lot about what are some things that people have said about your writing before? How, when we look across feedback that you've received before, what are some areas tied to that? Um, sometimes in my classes, I even have students create their own focus areas. Um, note cards. I have students that write their note cards and then they tape them on their computers and they know that when I revise, I'm going to have to go back and look at these things because these are things I always know I need to look at so that I'm training myself to be a respondent to my own work. 
And then in terms of responding to other people, so picking a focus area is one big piece. And then, um, then when we follow different protocols, sometimes it includes reading the writing aloud and I will have students do this in small groups, but we might also do it first in a large group. So there's a lot of like, we, we will do it, you do it. So that's one piece, focus areas, um, following different protocols, um, and, and then teaching students how to respond to each other, sometimes even with, we'll give, um, depending on the grade level and depending on their skill level, they might have a sentence starter so that they recognize like what's a positive that I could say about someone's writing specifically, what's something that I'm curious about. Um, Cause sometimes um, students of course, in terms of peer response, like to just say thumbs up, smiley face. And sometimes it's because, you know, because maybe they're not engaged, but a lot of times it's because they don't know what to say. So the focus area point is so that they have something to say around that writing. But in order to get to that, we also read a lot of writing and then I model a lot of that. And then they practice with example models. So when we're going through models, I'm modeling what I want them to be able to do with their peers. And then we will also do that. They'll practice in small groups. And then, of course, I'm always floating around, too, if it's face-to-face -face or digitally, because I've done a lot of face-to-face -face peer response and then also digital response. And then I will I'll talk with them and coach them around it. So I had a new group, and it was um, last week with student peer response, and they were giving some feedback, and I just butted in, and I said, well, I really like that you're saying this. Could you tell me more? So I'm practicing the questions to to help them dig into some of those conversations with their peers too. So that's a lot, like I, I feel like explained it in a lot of different ways, but um, I craft it differently, always based on the group and their needs. And um, those key pieces, like I keep coming back to are ones that work really, really well. So, and then also helping students recognize that they have something to say. So, and then in some of my extensive writing classes, they will have writing groups that they work with over time. And they're so, some of them get, some of them get so invested in each other's work. They follow each other year, even after they graduate and connect with people in their writing, which is pretty, pretty powerful and very cool too. That's amazing. I want to pick up on that last thing that you just said there though. Like I, I know as writing teachers, we very often try to say, we're going to encourage students to find their own voice. Everyone has something to say. It sounded to me like you're talking about as a reviewer, you have something to say and something to contribute as well and helping them adopt that stance and seeing themselves as you know, active participants in this process of review rather than just kind of this perfunctory checklist of, yep, make sure it's got a thesis, blah, 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 boom, I'm done. But to really tell them you have something that you're contributing back to this writer and that, that's really important to hear. And I, I think, yes, students struggle with that sometimes, especially if I'm working with somebody whose writing is what I, I feel as a writer is superior to my own. And so that can be very hard for people. Um, and uh, we talk about how even if you're saying this part makes a lot of sense to me or I like it, I appreciate this a great deal and I have a reason why I think it's good, that's still valuable to the writer because then the writer knows, oh, I maybe the writer didn't even say, I was kind of nervous about it, I might cut this out. But then they hear somebody say, 
this really works for me. Just hearing that can help somebody process the writing and know if that makes sense. So teaching students how to coach one another, the level with which you may incorporate that into a class varies heavily depending upon the group. So my groups that have had extensive, extensive writing groups that go and continue on after high school, those are usually my classes that are writing classes. Like that is, is the content as opposed to um, covering other ELA skills like a certain, um, like American literature, like that. Although I have had students stay connected from those classes, not maybe not in the same way in terms of a writing group. Um, so, it just depends, of course, on their experience, but coaching somebody on how to respond to writing is, is important too, absolutely. So, and you're right, giving them voice, well said. Yeah, well, and even, again, the fact that your students continue these conversations as writers outside of class and over time, that speaks to the level of care and, and thoughtfulness to which you, you structure those opportunities in class to allow them that, comfort level and building the relationships, which is really positive. So well, wonderful. This is all really challenging work though. And I know you're speaking about it uh, very joyfully and enthusiastically, but you got to keep your own energy level up and you've got to think about the things that um, fuel you. And I know you're a writer yourself uh, as a teacher writer and just also as a teacher of writing, managing the paper load and looking at all those great student essays and blog posts and multimedia projects. Um, you know, what fuels you? What, what passions do you bring or explore? And then how does that play into your everyday work? Um, and I know you're very involved in many professional communities and maybe you'd want to talk about some of those as well, but uh, what keeps you going as a teacher? So authenticity, purposeful work. I was reading a student paper today where they said, I, I'm better at writing when I actually care about it. Mm. So, makes sense, right? Like if you have to write something that you don't care about, you do it and you do it to your best of your ability and then you hope it disappears and then you don't keep thinking about it, right? So the, and those, those writing experiences happen to people all the time. On the job, in their personal lives, sure. Sometimes it's about achieving that task. But if you're really going to get into something and really wanna refine it, and really want to coach yourself at it, it has to have meaning to you. So for me, as a whether it's my own writing, my teaching, um, I really want the relevance to be there. So for me, make, helping students make connections to what they care about keeps me going um, because that I'm trying to help them navigate the world in many different ways. So I want them to develop their literacy skills. They're going to, they're going to, to, master common core state standards too that's part of the job but I also want them to see how can I see the, the transfer of this into other elements of my writing and truthfully the best student work I ever get I tell students this the best student work I ever have is something that you really care about and you had a say in how you're going to craft it whether it was content wise whether it was um, uh, the form so or thinking about the ways in which you're going to explore audience. And that's not to say we don't do a lot of other writing. We do plenty of other writing, lots of it. That's also practice for some of those situations. And students engage in that too, but there's something to be said for when we really make something our own, when we're really exploring something we're curious about, 
when we're really helping it, it's helping something in our lives. So that's what keeps me going. I think about what are the things that keep you up at night are usually things that you probably want to write about, or what is that something you're going to invest your time in outside of what somebody is saying as a requirement because you want to, that's what, what you need to be spending some time with. It's not to say you don't do all the other things, but that's going to propel us forward as being immersed in a reading or writing experience. And then it actually matters to you more and you're gonna grow in terms of your writing. So for me, it's about relevance and authenticity. And, and I think that can happen when we open ourselves up to questioning and conversations and um, have some space to play, build in community, safe space to work, someone's gonna challenge us a little bit um, too. And I, I remember, I don't know if I ever told you this story, there was a student we worked with when he was a freshman and we were working on research writing rewired. And when he was a senior, he came back and he said, can I work on my college essay with you? And so he came back and worked with me on his college essay. And um, we, we had a good conversation. I said, you know, you produced quite a bit that, that school year in that class. And um, he said, yeah, he's had this great line. And I, I thought, wow, this is awesome. He said, yeah, I didn't know what I could do till you challenged me. And I didn't know it was possible until somebody asked me to think bigger and to challenge my ideas and move forward. And he was really, really proud of that. And um, kind of, I don't remember exactly how his essay t tied in exactly to this, except for to say that I think he, he was trying to get the sense of, I'm applying that to the ways that I learn. If I, what are the things that I are more are possible or beyond possible or what's the thing I didn't imagine? Like, if I'm gonna challenge myself the way I've been challenged before, what are the things that I could achieve? So. Wow, that's good. You know, sometimes we don't know exactly what kind of effect we have until way beyond, but the fact that he came back to you and had that conversation around his college essay is pretty important, so. That's amazing. So not to put you too much on the spot, but I'm wondering as you're thinking about those topics that students are engaged with right now, and um, I'm not sure if there's a top three or a top five or maybe even a top seven or eight. I don't know what they are, but uh, what are you finding kids are most engaged in right now? Are there particular issues that seem to keep bubbling to the surface for your kids? Well, at this particular point, Yes. So, so the Pew Research Institute came out with an article this week and said that students are most concerned about mental health and depression. And that's absolutely one of the top things that students are concerned with. Um, I have several students that will also, also um, dive into some, some political conversations and things, things that are being discussed quite a bit. Um, sure. So those are definitely there. Students care about a great deal about um, what kind of opportunities they're going to have for their futures, which makes perfect sense, right? So, mm -hmm. so college expenses, um, college opportunities, job opportunities, technology, um, several are interested in um, climate change and policy, gun control. Gun control is a big one. Um, and because these are the things, if you stop and think about any one of these, I can think of specific instances where students have had to think about these things in their lives, right? So um, yeah. Yeah. They, they 
if somebody asks my students to write about school uniforms, you know, we have a dress code, they follow the dress code, but they don't have a lot that they need to say about it. Like they can put themselves in that hypothetical situation. Sure. Mm -hmm. They can do that. But if that's like what their argument piece is, for instance, or they're asked to do, but if it's going to, going to be about content of something that touches their everyday life, that's, that's where people, that's where people go. And which makes right. sense. It's a very human, human um, element. So. Right. Well, and it's just amazing that you provide the space for that to happen in your classroom. So kids can actually engage in that dialogue and think through those ideas and have those opportunities. So absolutely amazing. So wonderful as always to talk with you and to hear what's going on in your classroom and with your kids. I really appreciate your time, Don. Thanks so much. Thank you, Troy. This has been fun. Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Discover more episodes and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms or check out filmed episodes on YouTube. Writable offers more than 600 writing prompts and assignments with a range of feedback and assessment tools to help you build more purposeful, proficient writers. Learn more at writable.com.